Chapter 13 We escaped. The genuine chimpanzees followed us. For a while. But they proved impossible to organize. Cassie did all she could. We all did. But the chimpanzees, while intelligent by the standards of non-human animals, are still limited. Too limited even to grasp their own freedom. As we raced and bounded and swung through the lab, the true chimpanzee split off, preoccupied with bright lights and shiny objects. How can I describe what we saw as we raced through room after room, looking for an exit? Chimpanzees are not the only creatures being used for experimentation. There were smaller monkeys, rats, dogs. I soon saw why humans prefer to draw an arbitrary line between themselves and other animals. Had humans been used as these animals were used, the only appropriate descriptive word would have been torture. Torture. Useful, no doubt. Medically justifiable, most likely. And it is not my business to judge humans. But this behavior of theirs did trouble me. After dark that night, I ran into the open fields to feed. The night was black. Even the lights from the neighborhood where the others lived seemed dim. Earth's single moon was only a sliver in the sky. It was a visible difference between Earth and my home world. But I was finding that the differences I could not see mattered much more. Andalite creatures live in greater harmony than Earth animals. I thought of the Kafit bird, the Hubers, and the Jabalas. We practice morphing these creatures. But caging them, killing them, eating them was unthinkable. We were creatures of the same world. But as Marco, or perhaps Rachel, had once said, Earth is a tough neighborhood. The competition for survival on Earth is brutal. This is a planet filled with powerful, violent predators. Predators armed with huge teeth, impervious armor, claws that could open an endolite's body from end to end. And yet, it is Homo sapiens, with his weak jaw and purely symbolic claws, with his soft, unarmored flesh, who rules. For millions of years, we endolites have not felt the pressure from other species. With our speed and our tails, we are without physical peers on our home world. It is different for humans. There are parts of this planet where even today, humans are prey to stronger animals. Perhaps that explains the odd, disconnected human attitudes toward other Earth species. Some they cherish and pamper. Some they protect. Others they use. Still others are annihilated. And yet, would it not seem that they would eat the animals that threatened humans, and not the utterly inoffensive creatures like cows? We certainly didn't choose such animals for battle morphs. And to abuse chimpanzees, animals almost identical to Homo sapiens, comes very near to a taxon view of morality. You are an alien, I reminded myself. And furthermore, you are a grazer by nature.
not a predator. I was perhaps not the person to fairly judge human habits. My understanding of human evolution was that it began with hunter-gatherers. Humans never had the option of simply grazing. When I got back to the scoop, I turned on my TV after making a few adjustments. I stood close to change the channels, watching as colors and figures flushed by. A woman singing. A newscaster intoning that several local people had been reported missing. Teeth and toothpaste. A cheeseburger. It looked delicious. I turned the set off. Wings rustled above me. Tobias was gliding in for a landing, his talons clutching a black plastic rectangle. He released it as he swept his wings forward to clutch the nearest branch. A present for you, Axeman. I picked it up. Gray buttons in the shapes of numbers and arrows covered one side. What is it? It's a universal TV remote. I spotted it in a dumpster. A TV remote? What was remote about it? Thank you, Tobias, but I do not understand. Turn the TV on. He opened his wings and swooped down from the branch. You use it to change channels. You know, so you don't have to get off the sofa. Or, well, the ground. I switched on the TV and sat back in the scoop, too far to reach the set. I pointed and pushed the up arrow. Images blurred and noises blended together as the remote changed the channels. Marvelous! Much more efficient! I would expend fewer calories per channel changed. When I realized the time, I could save. Oh, look! It is friends! Just a rerun. Um, Axe? Tobias cocked his sleek head at me. How did you get so many channels? I could swear I saw MTV and CNN just now. But you don't have cable, so... I glanced up from the TV set. Phoebe was playing her guitar at Central Park. I made improvements. Tobias hopped close to the set and peeked behind it. Oh man, what is all this? A primitive satellite receiver. You made a satellite dish out of a broken radio, two old soda cans, and... What is this? He held a piece of thick black wire in his beak. The wire that humans hang from limbless trees. Very convenient. I found it this evening before I fed. Tobias quickly dropped it. Ah, that would explain the power outage in Jake's neighborhood. Power outage? I was shocked. That black wire controls the electric power? When it's not stolen for personal use, yeah. Ridiculous! Why is it not better protected? And why should one small piece matter? The management of your power sources is quite primitive. Friends was over, but I was happy to try the remote again. Axe, stop! Go back! Tobias jerked his head at the TV. I flicked back to the previous channel. No one was injured. 
a blonde woman said. Behind her, a small box showed a picture of a chimp being rustled into a cage. The chimpanzees were finally captured shortly after six, although traffic on Broad Street was tied up for two hours while animal handlers from the gardens attempted to catch them. The chimps from the truck, Tobias said. The ones we freed, I nodded. No one has reported the chimps missing, but there has been a lot of speculation about where the chimps might have come from, the woman continued. One eyewitness reported seeing them jump from the back of a truck, but that truck has not been found. Tobias and I looked at each other. I turned the TV off. Well, at least the chimps will have better lives, Tobias said. Yes. I hesitated. Humans are inconsistent. Yeah, they are. We are. But you know what? We have to spend tomorrow observing a slaughterhouse. So how about we just chill? Let's watch a sitcom. I nodded, a habit I have picked up from humans. And some of these messages. Chapter 14 Once again, while the others were in school learning history, mouth sounds, the simpler forms of mathematics, and largely incorrect science, Tobias and I flew in the skies above the meatpacking plant. It was a rainy day, which made for difficult, unpleasant flying, and what we were required to observe was even more unpleasant. We met the others in Cassie's barn after they returned from school. Cassie was already at work, tending to the various sick and injured animals. Prince Jake helped her to move several cages. Rachel flipped through a catalog, a brief book that shows humans what types of artificial skin to acquire. Marco was working on homework. He looked up at Prince Jake. Hey, is it Molotov and Von Ribbentrop? Or Von Molotov and Ribbentrop? Or are they both Von? Neither, Rachel said seriously. It's Von Dom and Von Halen. That's very funny, Rachel. Huh. Huh. And also... Huh. But what I have here is a makeup paper cubed. It's a makeup paper for the makeup paper I was supposed to do for my first makeup paper. Okay, what did you guys find? Prince Jake asked Tobias and me. Tobias was in the rafters, his usual place. There's no you in Soviet, he said to Marco. Marco crossed out the word and wrote it again. To everyone, Tobias said, Well, we found your basic meatpacking plant. Cows go in one end, hamburger comes out the other end. I believe they are called steer, I interrupted. Male cows are bulls unless they have been neutered, in which case they are steer. Steer are more docile, although this herd comprises both steer and cows. Everyone except Tobias stared at me. Say what? I saw it on the Animal Planet channel, I explained. But what is neutering? Ooh, I don't get that channel, Cassie said. Axe, do you think? Moving right along, 
Moko said and crossed his legs. One big problem, Tobias said. There's no force field over the meatpacking plant. It's too large an area, I explained. As you know, energy expenditure for a force field increases exponentially. To put it in simple terms, if a force field containing 10,000 of your cubic feet uses energy denoted as X, a field containing 20,000 of your cubic feet will not use 2X, but rather X cubed. Hey, Cussie said in alarm. I actually understood that. I never understand his technical explanations. What's happening to me? I was pleased by my success at reducing a much more complex reality to terms simple enough for my human friends to grasp. No force field. That's good. So what's the problem? Prince Jake asked Tobias. I answered. Gleet biofilters at all entrances to the meatpacking plant. As you recall, the Yurks now use Gleet biofilters at the entrance to Yurk pools. They are programmed to destroy any DNA pattern other than those programmed in. At the meatpacking plant, those filters eliminate all but steer and humans. We saw a lot of flies get fried, Tobias said. So if we go in, we go in as cows, Marco said. Cows? In a slaughterhouse? Does anyone else see a problem with that? Show of hands, who would like to be a cow in a meatpacking plant? Big problem number two, Tobias continued. The steer are kept somewhere else, a feedlot maybe two miles away. They load them into a truck, which brings us to big problem number three. The cows all have number tags like earrings. They don't just grab a bunch of cows. They grab specific cows. Sure, inventory, Cassie said. They need to be able to track back any health problems. <laughs> a goose began making loud, distressed noises as Cassie attempted to force a pill into its mouth. So what do we have? One, we need to acquire specific cows. Two, we need to get their tags off and onto us. Three, we need to get onto the truck and travel two miles without having to demorph. Four, we need to get inside the meatpacking plant and avoid being turned into Salisbury steak. Five, we find out what's going on there that has Visser 3 so happy and bust it up. It all sounds so simple when you put it in that nice one, two, three format. Marco said. You forgot six. Six cows in a meatpacking plant. I have seen steer at close range now, I said. I do not believe they will be very formidable in combat. The cows, even less so. Marco pointed to me. Listen to the man. We don't need to all morph cows, Cussie said. The Gleet biofilter doesn't eliminate organisms inside of other organisms. Do not say the word tapeworm, Rachel warned. Cassie laughed. No tapeworms. Flies. In the cow's nostrils. Maybe two of us morph cows. The others go as flies. In the nostrils. Now everyone stared at Cassie. Including me. So, basically, we have a choice. We can go as burgers, or boogers, Marco said. Prince Jake laughed. Tonight we acquire the cows and get the tags, 
Tomorrow's Saturday. We do the main action tomorrow a.m. Axe goes as a burger. If he has to demorph, the Yurks will see an Endolite, not a human. Tobias is the other one. The rest of us... The rest of us ride the Cowburger Express, Marco said. Chapter 15 In the afternoon, there was a break in the rain. But by the time darkness fell, a new weather front had moved in. Rain and lightning and thunder. It interfered with my television reception. There was a very simple technological fix for the problem, but I would have to go to the mall, to Radio Shack. However, there was no time this night. We flew through the cool, dark, very wet night. I was in Owl Morph. Owls are wonderful night flyers, but not even an owl enjoys flying through rain. Ah, the life of a superhero, Marco complained. One big party. We're almost there, Tobias said. Good, I'm almost drowned. What are you complaining about? It's harder for me than it is for you, Tobias grumbled. I'm still a hawk. I'm not nocturnal. I'm diurnal. Diurnal? Have you tried caeopectate? Morgo? Rachel said. Yes, Rachel. Shut up. It was just the four of us. Prince Jake and Cassie had family functions of some sort to deal with. Only Tobias and I were needed to acquire the cows. Marco and Rachel came along for extra security. That, plus the fact that Rachel was needed to carry a piece of equipment. Her egomorph is the largest and most powerful of all our bird morphs. But even she could barely lift the small device Cassie had found for us. The device that affixed ear tags. Owl eyes saw through the darkness like it was day. I could see the raindrops themselves as they fell, sparkling around me. I could see the individual splashes of raindrops hitting cars and slick streets and dripping trees. I could see humans scurrying from car to doorway or huddling beneath primitive cover devices called umbrellas. Humans dislike rain. I believe it is because it makes the ground slippery. When you are forever teetering wildly on two legs, you resent anything that makes it more difficult to stand. Every few minutes there would come a huge flash of light. It would illuminate the night with bright blue light and cast deep black shadows. After the flash would, of course, come thunder, often quite loud, especially to an owl's sensitive ears. That's the feedlot up ahead, Tobias announced. My night vision was superior to his, but Tobias has experience at seeing and remembering the world from the air. About time, Rachel grumbled. I am more than ready to put the stupid ear staple gun down. We glided in toward the muddy field. Rachel landed at the first opportunity, dropping the stapler in the mud and coming to rest on a fence. I stayed in the air, being in my natural element, so to speak, and my owl eyes were needed. 
we had to spot particular steer from the sequence of numbers that would be called up tomorrow. Preferably the first two numbers in that sequence. My vision was up to the task. I could see the numbers clearly. But there were a lot of steer and cows in the field. It took some time. I had to stop and demorph and remorph once, well away from the field. But at last, I found them both. They were not too far apart, fortunately. Over here, Tobias, I called. This brown one. Swell, he said. He flapped up off the fence and drifted casually over to the steer. He landed directly on the animal's back. The steer flicked its tail. It turned its big head to look back and see what had landed on its rear. Then it went on, chewing its cud. That was easy, Tobias said a moment later. I am cow capable. It was less easy for me. You can only acquire an animal's DNA when you are in your normal body. That meant I had to touch the steer as an endolite. I thought perhaps the steer would not mind my presence. I am, after all, not a predator. I am, like them, a grazing animal, although I graze quite differently. Trouble, Tobias said suddenly. Carlites, coming this way. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. Uh, this is your host, Daniel. Um, finally done with the monkeys, sounds like. Finally done with the chimpanzees. Can't believe that there were more chimpanzee sounds this, uh, here that, um, that I didn't see. How foolish of me. But now we're, now I think we're for real, for real done. So, um, seriously, with all, the, with all, all this, uh, mon- uh, oh, wow, excuse me. With all this chimpanzee stuff, you'd think the chimpanzee would be on the cover, but no. I digress. Um, thank you for listening. I have a message written in to the Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. It's from our longtime friend Willis, who says, Thought of too many ways to start this ask, so here's three options for you. A. Last time on Dragon Ball Z, the Animorphs go monkey mode. Uh, 1. Reject maternity. Reject modernity. Return to monk. That's like M-O-N-K-E. I, I pronounce that in my head monk. Do you, is it supposed to be pronounced monkey? Monkey? Uh, I've never heard it said out loud. Write in and tell me how to pronounce that uh, if you're listening and you know. I'm going to say monk. And then uh, superscript one. Monk. Knowing what I do about chimps, I'm pretty sure Visitor 3 is in extreme danger. An army of an army of chimpanzees ran by six teenagers that hate your guts? I got some bad news for you, dude. The chapter might be short for this book, but I'm loving this monk madness. Willis the Arts, uh, parentheses, debating on being stuck as a chimp for the rest of my life. Thank you for writing in, Willis. Um, yeah, chimps are scary, man. Uh, simians, they're all, they're all scary. They all look... Like, like chimpanzees look cute, you know, orangutans look goofy. They're all very scary. They're very, very strong. They, they will rip your skin off. Um, don't, don't mess with them. Um, yeah, so, uh, thank you for writing in. If you'd like to write in, you can do that again at the Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can do that at Gmail, audiomorphscast.gmail.com. Uh, you can do it on my website. That's theapodcalypse.com. The apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. 
Um, and then you can also tweet at me, at Audiomorphs, and that's where you should check if I'm ever late posting. Sorry if I seem a little frazzled. I just finished watching um, the Seven Fishes episode of Season 2 of The Bear. Uh, for those who know, uh, you know. For those who don't, man, what an episode of television. Uh, check it out. <laughs> that's my uh, recommendation this week, I guess. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>